1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: It's the fighting. in. It's the fly in. Clock. It's the fighting. in. It's the fighting. in.
0: Clock. Oh, that was really interesting, mate. Yeah.
2: Welcome listeners to the extra inch. My name is Windy, and I'm joined by our tactics guy Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan. Hello, mate. We've got no bardy this time round. Um, he's, he's, he's out having fun at the Fighting Cock uh, live, the social for the for the Barcelona game. Um, we might try and get him. We might try and get him on the phone later if we if we can. Um, but we're actually recording this pre-match, and we thought we'd just do a bit of a reaction to the team news first, and then come back post-match to talk about how the game's gone. But to start off with, as you'll know, we're we're still working with uh, One Football. Which is, a one, which is a football app. It's available on the App Store and Google Play. And they've currently got an article which has uh, given me the creeps somewhat because it's an interview whereby Pochettino has said that Barcelona could steal Kane. And he references how uh, stars like Ronaldo and Coutinho have gone to, to, to Spain. Um, and he does say, you know, it's not just the... It's not just the finance, it also depends on the player's aspirations. But Nathan, has that ever bothered you, the theory that uh, Kane could one day leave and go to Barcelona?
1: I don't think that Kane is, is really a Barcelona player uh, people's opinions of Kane is he's even further removed from that. I think that he's just sort of a, a sluggish big old target man, which he's not. He is a, a silky footballer, but he's still not really a, a Barcelona forward. It will be a little bit like um, when Zlatan Ibrahimovic was at Barcelona in that, you know, again, he's not just a, a big lump. He's a silky player in his own right, but he wasn't really right for Barcelona. Certainly not a peak Messi Barcelona. Maybe, maybe they'll now move away from the identity and the playstyle they have and he will suit them more. Um, but I don't think that. that I, I think Real Madrid really is is the threat for Kane. But that's down the line. I, I'm not worried.
2: I tend to agree. I think you're right that stylistically he's much more suited to Real. Uh, but I think he's good enough to play at the top level for for anyone in, in a sense. For sure. It just. I guess it depends on on whether we can continue to match Kane's. Um, ambition and, and whether we can do that will hinge a lot on what happens over the next two transfer windows but let's talk about tonight's match so we've just seen the team news and it's it's surprising talk us through the lineup Nathan
1: <laughs> so uh, yesterday I did a quick Twitter thread looking at what I essentially saw us the three options that we could play today and they were uh, a diamond uh, a three-five-two. Or a three four, uh, sorry, a four three three, and in each of those, I had Eric Dyer starting, and apparently he's uh, he's not included uh, at all. I don't know if he's injured or has decided this is a good time to rest him. Um, so it looks like Winks is going to be our deepest midfield player, whether that is in a three man midfield with a diamond or a, or a four three three, or whether that is alongside Sissoko in a four two three one, and I certainly hope it isn't. Uh, remains to be seen, Um, and if it's none of those, I'll just delete this entire section.
2: (laughs) So if it is Winks and Sissoko in a 4 3 one why does that scare you so
1: much? Just because I don't think that that is a midfield by any rights. I think that's horribly misbalanced. I think Um, uh, Winks has a lot of really positive qualities that I adore him for, but he's he's not... um, one to really be a force in midfield, he's, he's not um, he's not especially physical, he's not great defensively um, and if you put him alongside Sissoko he'll be abandoned, he'll have to run a midfield on his own which is just not an option especially against Barcelona. Um, I really dislike that as a midfield pairing, it, it just doesn't match up for me at all.
2: In some senses they're both transition players but in different ways, Sissoko uh, running with the ball and, and quickly skipping past the the first line of attack and Winks moving the ball quickly from defence to attack. But you're right that neither of them are particularly adept defensively. I think Soko is very good at sticking to a defensive task if he's given something very specific to do. Um, And and Winks is fine at sitting deep, but he's not one to sort of... I don't know, he's not one to put tackles in, he's not one to even make that many interceptions. He's more of a player to give the ball to when you've got it rather than to, to win the ball back when you haven't got it. It'll be interesting to see whether... Ericsson or Deli is the deepest line player alongside those two because we've tried both at various points over the past two years and they've both got their qualities. I guess it, it depends more on which one of those two you want closest to Kane. Would you agree with that? Uh,
1: I think it's more about which one Pochino feels is suited to the deeper role. I think that that takes a priority. Um, he's definitely lent to Eriksen in that situation more recently, though I think that this is... A case where you could argue for the reverse. In my head and, and and on Twitter, I've got it down as Ericsson playing in midfield. But I there is an argument for switching those two around in this game, just because um, that isn't. But aren't a very physical sides. So that isn't a very physical midfield. So we could potentially create um, an advantage there if you play Winks, but Sissoko and Delhi in midfield together, we might sort of overrun them there.
2: And one of the overriding uh, themes of the preview from a kind of optimistic Spurs perspective is that Barcelona are susceptible to crosses. And we know that Deli is absolutely fantastic at attacking the back post in the air. That's one of his key strengths. And so that might be of use with Deli playing higher up. I mean, we haven't even spoken about the major team news because we're kind of used to the idea. But Kyle Walker-Peters is playing against Barcelona. Um, This is just insane. What do you make of this situation that we've got ourselves into?
1: Potshino you know, has done that really annoying thing where he said, "Well, of course he's going to play. Of course he's good enough. Look, do I have to tell you that he um, won the under twenty World Cup?" And I and I imagined you thought the same in saying, "No, I have to tell you he won the under twenty World Cup." He, uh, oh wait, was it Euros? I've embarrassed myself there. Um, yeah, uh, obviously we want to see all competitors get game time and we'll take it where we can. Um, but it's a bit scary for him to be dropped in it here, and you don't want him to sort of have a horrible performance against. I think he's going to be playing opposite Coutinho. It looks like Coutinho's going to be playing. Um, in off the left, varying between a four-four-two and a four-three-three for Barcelona. So obviously, that's a difficult thing. Although with Coutinho cutting inside, he'll then be playing a lot of the game against the opposite fullback, which is uh, one Miranda. I think um, it's obviously it's a tough ask, and and hopefully um, he impresses people. And if he doesn't, then people will give him sort of the benefit of the the situation he's been put into.
2: Absolutely, Miranda is a similarly inexperienced player. He's not played any La Liga or. Um, Champions League matches for Barcelona in fact he actually played in their Youth League um, campaign this season so he's you know he's similarly experienced he's also a lot younger than Kyle he's 18 but having said that he's a lot taller he's he's six foot one he's physically imposing whereas Walker Peters as we know is quite short still um he very short really He, he looks small on the pitch I don't see it as a huge issue because I think he's a good reader of the game and he's Low centre of gravity is actually really helpful defensively and offensively. I think he can cope, but it's a big ask for him tonight. I just hope he doesn't let uh, let himself down because that that can be the end of a player's uh, opportunities if they have one one bad game as a youth player. So fingers crossed for him. Nathan, how how do you? I mean, I don't want to embarrass you, but how uh-huh. do you how do you feel this is going to go? What, what's your gut feel pre match?
1: Um, I'm looking at the lineups, and I'm t- seeing two teams who are very top-heavy, very attack-heavy, and I think we could be in for a, a chaotic, dramatic, heart attack-inducing three-all or something ridiculous like that. Um, I I'm nervous, um, but I'm not completely pessimistic.
2: Do you know what? I I feel as though Winks has got this. I know that sounds crazy. He's the only <laughs> he's the only vaguely defensive midfielder in our. Uh, in our you know, front what six, seven? Yeah. Uh, front six. Uh, but I've seen Winks in similar circumstances before perform a disciplined, mature uh, role, and I just feel like he can. Do, I feel like he's got it. He's he can do it if he really focuses. And it's not a full strength basket. team. You know, Artur is an amazing midfielder, and I think yeah. he will, he'll he'll dictate the tempo. But I don't see why Winks can't start things for us from a counter attacking perspective. I don't think we're going to win this match, but I think we're going to we're going to be in it. I feel like we can get a draw, and then let's see what happens with uh, Inter and PSV. I
1: don't think a draw is going to be good enough. I no. think I I don't. There's no. I don't think there's much value in sort of going out and saying, "Well, let's get let's go for a draw and see what happens." Because uh, PSV are already out, and I don't know what their rotation side looks like. But I, yeah, I, I don't think we can put much faith in, faith in PSV here.
2: It's going to be one of those classic times where the fans know what's happening in the other match. Oh, God. And you... the anxiety is just going to be creeping onto the pitch constantly when anything happens in that game. And, and we might even see Pochettino, like, literally getting messages about the scoreline in the other game. It's going to be so interesting to see.
1: You're reminding me of, of that Southampton game when Arsenal right. played Newcastle. Oh, fucking hell.
2: Nathan, are you, are you worried about, like, what happens in this game? So... I mean, I, I wrote a blog article yesterday describing this as a bit of a free hit because the worst-case scenario is we don't qualify and we drop into the Europa League. Do you see that as a disaster?
1: I hate the Europa League so much. I think that it will damage our season, being in it. I What it represents, but also what it materialises. If, if the options here were continuing in the Champions League or not participating in Europe, I think I would care less. That's how strongly I feel about really? the Europa League at the moment. I just... I, I think... I think there's so little value in it. I think it's so hard to win it. Um I fans are going to get angry at me this because you know we want to win a trophy and of course we do and of course it presents itself as an opportunity but I think it does more damage to our league than it offers in in possibility on the other end.
2: Right. I mean I was probably looking a bit glass half full in terms of being able to give the youngsters some opportunities the same the way that Arsenal have done with um, Smith Rowe. Um I feel like
1: Skip- Sure, if Skip if is we were ready to... for it. Absolutely, if we were to approach it in that way. But. You feel like Poch won't do that? I think Poch would approach the group stage like that, as we've seen before, and that's how Kane broke the team. But going into knockout rounds and we draw, you know, sort of half decent, you know, Italian and German teams or whatever, it will just run Kane into the ground more.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're winning me over with this argument. I don't trust Poch to just play a fully rotated team. If I did trust him to do that, I'd be not unhappy with the Europa League but you're right that he probably won't oh man so we, <laughs> what we're saying is we need to win this game pretty much right Nathan I will I will speak to you maybe at half time or if not then definitely post match
1: awesome enjoy yeah I'll try you too
0: it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? de Lucas
2: So we're back and we've just qualified for the next stage of the Champions League. I don't quite know how. Thank you, PSV, for everything you've done for us tonight. What what an incredible match. I don't I still don't quite know what I make of it. Nathan,
1: initial thoughts. Oh fucking hell. I'm I'm all over the place. I'm shaking. Uh Jesus, yeah. I, uh, my feeling was when we were still one 0 down that like the performance had been good and we have something to be proud of at least in that. Um, but like we're we're through anyway, so I'm ecstatic. Oh my god!
2: It, this was this was a vintage vintage Tottenham Hotspur performance for the ages. I think we weren't perfect. We, we were nowhere near perfect, but some of our attacking play away at Barcelona was insane Mate. tonight. Absolutely insane. I mean, I want to pick out Ericsson first because he was just a magician at times. Some of his... The weight of his pass this evening was absolutely immaculate. There was one towards the end, last five minutes, where he's he's been given the ball by Alderweireld out on the right. He's running towards the touchline and he somehow sees... I think it was Kane in the middle of the pitch and he manages to swivel his body and play a pass through two players who were about to cut it out. Absolutely inch perfectly and it just kind of summed up his performance in terms yeah. of his vision and his ability. Some players can see a pass and some players can, can play the pass. He could do both immaculately and he was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Who stood out to you, Nathan?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely Ericsson. Um, I thought Mr. Moses is so good Zogo did himself proud. He was great! Um so, so at halftime, uh, we played a diamond pretty much, throughout, Although there was some variation on that. Um, and we talked in the first half and also on Twitter about whether Delhi would play as the number ten or in midfield. He started as the ten, and 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 did a perfectly good job mm. um, with with sort of receiving longer balls and and flicking the ball on early and and stuff like that, connecting play up in that sort of method. But then we switched it around at halftime, and Ericsson moved to ten with Delhi in midfield. Uh, maybe that was, as we discussed beforehand, about getting Delhi's physicality in midfield. But I think maybe that was about getting an improved quality of, of final pass from Eriksen by getting him to play those, those through balls. And we saw some really lovely stuff from him but until Lamella moved into that role.
2: Oh, my God. I mean, Deli was great. He was really, really great. Um, I can't remember him giving the ball away too much and certainly not trying too many risky things like he often does. And yet still... Just sort of seemed to win every fifty fifty. He was in for really creative, really intelligent. And the other player who was just absolutely exceptional was Danny Rose. That performance yeah, that came out of nowhere. It was like that was peak Rose.
1: I mean, considering he was up against Ismael Dembele in the, uh, for sixty minutes, and then Messi for the for the final half hour. Um, he shut them both down, and and he offered threat in the reverse. Um, he maybe wasn't great in the box, and he had that sort of fluff chance. Oh, God, he if he'd scored hard. that goal. If that would have made it a 10 that. out of 10, wouldn't it? Yeah. But his his ability to like have a clever touch, to knock it on with the disguise, to bring it inside, the burst of pace, the burst of pace coming backwards. Yeah, he was brilliant. And um, I
2: feel like also, you know, we haven't even mentioned Kane yet, and that's how much he's taken for granted now, because... There were some things he did that were just the ultimate centre-forward play. Some of his hold-up was immaculate, you know, he's he's winning stuff in the air. It's so physically draining to be constantly competing for high balls in the air, and yet he doesn't look tired after 70, 80 minutes. He still looks like he can, you know, try and get on the shoulder and, and beat his man into the box. What do you make of the penalty call? Um, where you know he was one, he was one on the one, and he had a hand on his back, and it just nudged him off his stride. What do you make of that?
1: Uh, it reminded me of Kyle Walker on Raheem Sterling. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, uh, <laughs> is that a um, penalty with VAR? Uh, is that a penalty? Possibly. I, um, I think it was really well disguised. I yeah, think yeah. he made it look softer than it was, which is a, a really special art. And as someone who's played a lot of defensive roles in football, it's something that I um, I look up to in that regard. I, I think defenders should be allowed a certain amount of, of physicality in those situations. Obviously, I'm a Tottenham fan, I'm going to say it's a penalty, but I can understand the opposite. And then
2: you had the, the little shirt tug on Lucas as well, which I thought was, that's a borderline call as well. I think VAR may have found that to have been a penalty. Um I mean we we were really wasteful in front of goal when you look back at the number of chances we created and missed son's one on one was a fantastic chance kane's one on one we just spoken about and then lucas's header in the middle of the six yard box he's got to bury that he kind of heads it onto his thigh and it dribbles towards the line and you're thinking is it going to go over and it was a really good save in the end and and Cilison had a had a cracking he match he really did door. yeah
1: yeah as much as our finishing wasn't great i think that that Cilison's- had a, an incredible goalkeeper performance. He he wasn't great on the ball. No, um, not that he isn't good on the ball. But I think that when you're used to Ter again and you pass it back to him, you get accustomed to that level of comfort and you forget that actually most goalkeepers aren't like outfielders on the ball. And you pass it to Sillison and maybe he's going to be a little wobbly. So we did a good job of putting him under pressure in those situations. But his his yeah his goalkeeping his saving was was outstanding tonight.
2: Right, and Larice conversely, was really decent on the ball tonight. I mean, he played a lot of long passes and I thought played them incredibly well. And I was happy to see him attempt some some longer passes. And, you know, we've got players who can compete in the air, in Kane and Delhi in particular. And Luis's passing was fantastic.
1: He came out as well as well. He swept up because he played such a high line against some rapid players. Uh, But he came out well. He did also let a shot go underneath him.
2: Yeah, true, true. Let's so let's talk about the elephant in the room. Kyle Walker Peters. Um, sure. What did you make of this performance from him? He played 60 minutes in the end.
1: Well, I think the the 60 minutes is something that can be sort of viewed either way. Um, it's a curious choice of watching, but I'll I talk about. I think he had a good performance. I think he also had a massive slip up at the beginning of the game that's that's gonna do him a lot of harm in the eyes of the fans. Um, probably I think Pochettino will be more forgiving, and I, I hope that, I hope that Pochettino controls the narrative around this game Mm. by rewarding him with more time, because I think that lights can be shone on this performance that say, you know, oh, we, got a chance and he fucked it up because he let you know it's Dembele is fucking amazing by the way so he's going to make a lot of defenders a lot of very good defenders look silly I think Pochino can either make it look bad by continuing to not play him or he can make him look good by giving him more game time so it doesn't become that time Kyle Wolke piece has started and ruined everything but it becomes that slightly shaky start but that sort of milestone and hey you know he started against Barcelona.
2: And Potter's got form for this, as we saw with Juan Foyth, um, who, who who had a similar kind of. In fact, Foyth's performance against Wolves is very similar to Walker Peters tonight in terms of really good overall play. You you look at you take out the mistakes and you think that's an excellent performance, but there are mistakes there. Um, and I'm I'm always a believer that young players don't necessarily make more mistakes than than not young players, um, but. Having said that, a more experienced player doesn't do what Kyle Walker Peters did tonight, which was—he lingered. He, he he was caught in two minds. He either has to fire the ball straight upfield or play it straight back along the deck to Lloris. And he lingered. He thought about it. Suddenly, you've got this, like you say, incredible player in Dembele bearing down on him. I mean, how terrifying must that be? Winks rather committed himself um, in the challenge also. But then Walker Peters had a, a slightly nervy sort of five ten minutes after that, and he picked up a booking as well. I mean, it was such a pity because he started so well with that uh, sort of beating his man on the outside and then drawing a foul, which... Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm thinking, when that happened, I'm thinking, please lead to a goal so I can say, yes, Kyle, you know, give him some praise early on. Um, and then when he makes those two mistakes, the goal and then the yellow card, I'm thinking this is it for him, he's done. But fair play, he came back strong and he had some had some good moments after that. Um, he had a really good... It'll turn out uh, from quite a difficult position, and then a, a forced forward pass, which led to, I think, Rose's cross for Son's chance, which just just went ahead of Son in the first half. And he had a couple of other kind of trademark Walker Peters runs, where he he gets the ball down and he commits his man and and sees what happens. He tended to turn back and pass it back because there was nothing on. But you know that that was him sort of growing in confidence. With his running and his dribbling, as it as it went on, so it, he turned it round. It wasn't great as a first, as a as a sort of first uh, high profile showing, but there's so much more to come from him. He's a talented player, um, and it was never going to be easy against Barcelona. Let's let's be honest.
1: He looks so good on the ball. Um, he's so comfortable, and I think that that probably did us quite a bit of good in build up. In that that pressing was a, as a major part in this game, and both teams sort of um sort of discomfort on the ball in deep areas and also sort of mixed ability pressing as well. Having someone who yeah, he played it safe and he and he brought it in size and everything, but um we've seen some some mess ups in that area. Sure. Um so he I think yeah, again the 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 goal is going to overshadow everything, but I think otherwise he had a really nice game.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. I'm um, I was just so relieved for him that it didn't affect the uh The end result, essentially, um, because that would have been horrendous. I want to say a quick word about Harry Winks as well, because I saw a lot of criticism for Winks at half-time. And he had some rough moments in the first half, sure. But I thought... So I think the thing about Winks, that he does really, really well, that is perhaps understated, is when we've got the ball and we're attacking and we're keeping the ball going around the edge of the opponent's box he is always in the right place at the right time to pick up the second balls, to recycle quickly. No fuss. Get it under control, play the ball out. Get it under control, play the ball out. And there aren't that many players in the Premier League or playing in England who, who can do that as well as Winks can. So for a possession team, a man backing up at the edge of the box with as much technical ability as he has is so useful. And he was great at that tonight. I mean, we spoke in the first part of the podcast about his defensive um deficiencies and, and I think they were they were obvious in the, in in the first half of the match would you agree
1: yeah i think he had some nice defensive play i think he had an interception and a tackle um and sort of those things that aren't quite recognized as interceptions because they're intercepting a misplaced pass yeah 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 stuff like that um he yeah i think he had a, he had a really nice game he had a really Tidy game under difficult circumstances. It doesn't, not to the extent where it says, "Oh, okay, we're sorted for midfield." Because I think that our midfield was still quite—I'm um, trying to avoid using the word messy because of the player messy—but yeah. um, awkward at midfield, and, and that isn't suddenly resolved. But he definitely had a, a good game today that he can be proud of.
2: I'm, I'm glad you agree with me on that because I—I I do feel as though Winks is becoming a little bit of a whipping boy amongst some fans, um, and I just don't think it's quite fair.
1: Uh, it's okay to say that he has weaknesses and to point them out and to discuss them but it's not okay to to place the blame of um, a club who have achieved what we have over the last few years who've grown to the level that we have over the last few years to be as bad in midfield it's it's not Mm -hmm. the fault of a 22 year old academy product it's not his fault that he's not Moussa Dembele because very few players are
2: absolutely absolutely yeah I mean he should be he should be a uh, a rotation for us yeah and we're getting to the point where he's probably our best best central midfielder who's <laughs> regularly fit and available, and that puts a hell of a lot of pressure on his shoulders. I was really, I was really pleased with his performance today. As we're talking, I'm just looking at the uh, the XG numbers that have come up for Go tonight's on. game. Uh, Barcelona 1.6, Tottenham Hotspur 2.3. Um, wow. I mean, I thought actually it might have been higher for us, but I guess all of the shots we took on were from some way out, other than Lucas's header.
1: But but not under a huge amount of pressure because we were we were transitioning into the box a lot of the time or playing mm. against the higher line. So, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I think that we also, because you're talking about maybe it could be even higher, I think we had quite a few sort of, we didn't quite get the shot away. That's true. we broke into the box sort of situation. That's true. But I mean, yeah, to, to, to create those chances as, and as a reflection on the performance. It was a weakened Barcelona squad. Um, they were nowhere near as good as I
2: expected tonight.
1: No, no, and they weren't, and they weren't going to be with you know, um, Varmalen and 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 Rakitic he, playing as their defence midfielder.
2: Varmalen v- was horrendous.
1: Yeah, he's... absolutely yeah, horrendous. The... <laughs> I mean, he could have been sent off. To be honest, it's I dramatic. think he should have been. I think he had a yellow, and then a couple of minutes later, he tackled Sun. Sun kept the ball, but that doesn't make it not a foul. I think yeah. that should have been a second yellow for him.
2: Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. I think he was um, lucky to stay on the pitch. Um, and I've, I I really like Artur as a player I think he's excellent but he was nowhere near is. as good tonight as he was in the in the first game Artur.
1: I was really worried when they brought um, Busquets on I texted you as much mm. saying you know I'm I'm worried about the options that they've got on the bench because although we're probably the better team in the first half you know they can adjust and immediately they brought Busquets on I thought oh shit that's it like because they were just controlled midfield but um, we made our own change with the players we kept on the pitch by moving Ericsson and um yeah, we were even better in the second than we were in the first half.
2: Yeah, we I mean I g I don't know what Pochettino said to them at half time, but they came we were so feisty, I loved it. We were just in their faces, winning every second ball, um, throwing players forward and not worrying about getting caught on the counter because we were actually we had them running scared. They couldn't yeah. commit too many players forward because <laughs> because we were doing the same thing. It was, yeah. Oh, it was so positive, it was great. I really, That's... really enjoyed this game.
1: I think once it went to one all, they were thinking, Well, we'll we'll take a draw because we don't wanna lose at home, we're not gonna commit too many players forwards and risk a draw. Uh, risk a loss and sort of you know tarnish our home records I don't know what their home record has been like this season but normally it's really really good so I think they were happy to take a draw in the end um, which was huge because I was I was a mess
2: yeah right and I I want to ask you one more thing which is um, what noise did you make when Lucas's goal went in
1: (laughs) I I did shout. My dad shouted louder, and he scared the dogs. <laughs> and I, I had to get go the dogs who were scared. Good work, Mr. Nobody. Clark. <laughs> well um, done
2: to him. I sort of made I bre- I couldn't catch my breath. I was very breathy. <laughs> Normally, I sort of squeal, but I was very breathy in this. <laughs> I couldn't quite get on top of my, my cheering. I was like out my seat, punching the air. Uh, oh god, it's so great. It makes
1: me wish I was at the uh the fighting cocks event for oh for so event. much so i need much. to get to one soon
2: yeah i couldn't go i can i not go today because of um work situation but i just i wish i was there so bad i bet they're having a great time now celebrating um, i i broke my
1: sunglasses for the for the city one <laughs> I my <laughs> fucking got
2: trampled
1: <laughs> so yeah It'll be good to get to one of them in the near future.
2: Absolutely. Right, should we leave it there, Nath? Because we're probably rambling on like uh, excited
1: teenagers. <laughs> no, I just want to put in that, um, that I think that this is such a big difference to this season because I think that this is going to be a really quiet season. I think that... Uh, I, I'm scared to put this in words on the podcast, but I feel like third is is pretty much a luck either way. It just feels like we could have a good season from now on, we could have a bad season from now on, but we're pretty much going to finish third or fourth. And not a lot will change that and that makes for a dull season. Having the Champions League in there, I I don't know what the dates are exactly, but it it feels like we're going to get Champions League in the new stadium and fulfil that, that that bloody advert. Yeah, um, that's the big also, thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's the stadium. It's it's making sure we're in the Champions League in the new stadium.
2: Yeah. Um. And, and it gives us Perhaps a bit of encouragement to make some big signings in January, which is no, so badly needed. Yeah, it's essential. I mean, this is the biggest January transfer window since the Nelson Sahar window, <laughs> and we cannot, we cannot let this window go past without signing anyone. We a just can't. Of
1: 30 year old English Championship players to Jesus. secure our death grip on mid-table. That's what we need.
2: Ugh, <laughs> don't, don't. We um, we cannot, we cannot let this go past without signing someone we absolutely have to sign at least two players um, let's talk about that in our next podcast yeah. Nathan it's been a joy um, I don't know how I'm going to sleep tonight I'm just absolutely buzzing
1: I'm going to go but... for a run
2: oh nice <laughs> yeah you'll accidentally run to Windsor I think <laughs> um, right thank you very much for listening you can follow us at the extra inch email us at the extra inch at the fighting cockpit UK, and we back soon with a full episode and um, hopefully with Bardy. Bye for now. It's the fly in. Clock. It's the fly in. It's the fly in.
0: Clock. Oh, that was really interesting, mate, yeah. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?